I think our guest just joined. Uh, John, are you there? Yes, we are. Great. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? I'm good, thanks. So I, um, I did a brief introduction a few minutes ago, but now that you guys are on, let me do the real thing. Um, so we ha- is, is Jackie there with you, too? Hi. Hi, Jackie. So nice to meet you over the phone for the first time. Um, we have John and Jackie from OpenLove101.com. And uh, to, to give you guys a little background on who they are and what they do, uh, together, John and his wife, Jackie, have coached and counseled thousands in deciding if the open lifestyle uh, is right for them. And they've helped others by sharing their personal experiences and knowledge from what they've seen in their club. Uh, you guys have a, a club. I don't even know how to describe it. I guess you could call it a sex club or sorry if I'm using the wrong lingo in, um, uh, and now I'm blanking on the <laughs> New Orleans. Yeah, we have, it's called Colette and we have one in New Orleans and one in Dallas. Yeah, I mean, people used to call them swingers clubs. It, they really appeal to just open-minded uh, couples and singles these days. So I don't know. I wouldn't call everyone that comes in there a swinger. Right. It's kind of tough to describe. You know, if you say swinger, it gives people one impression. If you say lifestyle, it kind of gives another. Um, but all the guys who are on the call and a lot of people who listen to this podcast, they know my background. Um, I started in the lifestyle about two years ago. Um, so I don't have nearly as much experience as you guys or anything like that. But most of the guys listening to this call are single guys who are looking to explore their sexuality, meet more women. Um, you know, some of them will find themselves down that path at one point or another. I know I've, you know, inspired a lot of guys to, to, to go down that path and experience and explore just because I've gotten so much out of it. And so John and Jack, is there any background you guys want to throw in before I kind of dive into the question? Uh, well, I guess for myself, my first threesome was when I was 18. It just, I had moved from a small town in Kansas to, uh, Tampa, Florida, and a couple of girls picked me up in a bar there. Uh, I've been pretty open sexually ever since, uh, and got into the swear club industry in the, in the mid nineties. And then Jackie and I knew each other from since high school. Um, we had gone on a double date for prom, not together, but in the same car with different dates. And then, uh, we got back together, uh, just a few years ago. So Jackie had been in a long-term marriage. And then, uh, when her and I got together, we talked about being in more of an open type marriage and, and we've been, been doing that ever since it's been great. Yeah, that's awesome. And so the marriage that you were in, Jackie, was that an open marriage or more of a vanilla situation? No, it was, it was absolutely vanilla. Um, and actually, I was my first marriage was 11 years, and it was completely monogamous. And my second marriage was 18 years, and it was also monogamous. So stepping outside to a more open relationship was something very new to me. I mean, my first threesome wasn't until I was 49. And would you say John was the one who kind of opened your your mind and your eyes to this lifestyle? Yes, definitely. Um, he was he was very pivotal in the conversations that he and I had. Not to say that I wasn't 
already kind of open to that uh, through some some life coaching that I had had been taking in addition to just some personal growth that I was going through. And so I think when John came along, I was already kind of open to that whole process anyway. You know, typically when I meet couples in the lifestyle, you know, someone kind of brought the other one into it. And at least in my experience, I found that it's usually the man leading the woman. Um, do you guys find that to be true? And I'd love to hear more about how that whole process kind of went down. Cause I know a lot of the listeners on the call would be interested in, you know, meeting a girl who may be not be open to that and helping her to, you know, maybe he's not in it either, but exploring that together, it's such a great way to, to start a relationship and to form a deeper connection. Yeah, sure. And I, I think really it could be either the, the man or the woman in the relationship. I mean, we were just at a, a swingers convention of 900 couples this weekend in New Orleans. And we met a lot of couples where the, where the women would come, and come up and tell us that uh, they had watched one of Jackie's videos or, you know, seen something about the swinger lifestyle and talked to their husband about it and to see if he was interested or not. And surprisingly, a lot of husbands aren't interested in it. Um, but I think with Jackie and I, we really, you know, because I own swingers clubs, uh, you know, it, it, the conversation, you know, obviously came up because of that. And it was something we decided to do together. It wasn't, um, you know, we just, I think Jackie had the desire to explore. And so, you know, we did it together. Well, and I think the other thing, too, that's important to mention is it, it's one thing to explore a different concept for a relationship. It's another thing to explore together with a, a unified goal. And I think that was one thing that really resonated with John and I is there was a, a certain type of a relationship that we were headed towards and we just felt like an open relationship would be the way to do that. And so as a result, it created a lot of conversation, a lot of knowledge building. And so it created a really good base for us to move forward with that. And so we had a lot of support with each other, a lot of affirmation, a lot of those key words that you like to think of are positive when you're, when you're building a relationship. Right. Right. And what is that, that goal? Do you, can you explain it or put it into words that, you know, the end goal, no, not the end goal, but the, the relationship you're trying to create and how that fit in with the lifestyle? Well, I think the relationship that John and I were trying to create, again, like I said, through some, some reading and um, self-examination, I came to the conclusion, and I think I can speak for John also, that being in a non-monogamous type of a relationship is something much more natural to us as humans than to be in something monogamous. And so... If that is the case, then how can we work that into our relationship so that it's advantageous and even though it's outside of the lines of what we think of as, as normal in society, we wanted to make sure that, that we could learn how to 
embrace that type of a relationship. And so those were kind of the steps that, that we took. Okay. So, John, I want to ask you when, how old were you, you know, when you kind of, I don't know, I guess for lack of a better word, reach your sexual prime, did you ever have trouble uh, meeting women or having sex? Uh, I have never had, uh, I've had trouble meeting women. Uh, I'm pretty shy. Even today, I feel like I am. Somebody has to look across, you know, I mean, I could look across the bar or across the way and, and she makes eye contact with me. That's my signal to go talk to her. If that doesn't happen, I'm not going to just go up and start meeting women. Um, although I did have a lot of sex when I was younger. I think, uh, you know, back then in my early 20s, I was at nightclubs every night. And so the opportunity to meet women that wanted to have sex was, was there. Okay. So it was more you would wait for eye contact and, and then you'd capitalize on those opportunities. Yeah, so I'm definitely too shy to go up and say, hi, my name is John. <laughs> right. So I would wait till they looked at me first and I felt like they, you know, had an interest in talking to me. Okay. Well, I mean, that's a great way to do it, too. Um, <laughs> you know, it's funny because I discuss this a lot with clients that, you know, should I go up and just talk to a girl out of out of the blue? And a lot of guys don't really, they don't notice the, the subtle communication that women give to them or they miss the eye contact. They're, they're too in their head to kind of think about what's going on with the other person. Um, and, you know, Jack, can you notice when a guy is doing that sort of thing? It's probably pretty obvious to most women, I'm guessing, but, you know, especially being the lifestyle and <laughs> encountering a lot of different people and different sexual energies, it, I'm guessing for someone, you know, for you anyways, it's a lot more obvious. It is. I mean, I definitely have seen the whole gamut of <laughs> of gentlemen. Some of them don't have any problem at all coming up and talking to you, and then other ones they they'll kind of hold back. And but then once the conversation gets going, you find out that you know they're really a, just a great guy. <laughs> right. Right. And you got your your club is single guys can come in. Is that correct? Yes. So, you know, out of the parties that I've been to, they're always, you know, you have to show up with the girl. Um, you know, there's no rhinos or single guys, whatever you want to call them, allowed. So I'm curious, how does that usually play out? Is there, you know, I'd love to hear any any crazy stories that you have or just, just you know, how does that work? What the dynamics of having those single guys there? Are there a lot of single women that come? And, you know, just kind of fill me in on that if you, if you don't mind. Sure. Uh, on Saturdays, at both of our clubs, it's couples only. Uh, the other nights, though, single people are welcome. Uh, we get quite a few single men on Friday nights and a handful of single women. Um, most of the single guys, though, end up hooking up with couples. There are quite a few couples out there that are into having threesomes with single men. And so that's what they come there looking for, or, or more. I mean, I, I know of uh, a number of couples at our club in New Orleans. And they come in there to, to have gangbangs. So she, she might do six, seven, eight, ten guys. Yeah. And do most of these guys go to the club knowing that, you know, that's what they're in for? Do you ever get this, like, totally green, random, awkward single guys in there? Every weekend. 
And, uh, yeah. you know, it'll, it'll be the guy. He just got divorced. He's never really dated been with the same woman all of his life since high school days. And he's unsure of what to do. And so, we, you know, we coach him and my staff will coach him in there about how to really just go up and talk to couples, uh, just like you would if you're going on a date, you know, or just meeting someone fresh, just carry on a conversation and don't necessarily talk about sex but it could potentially lead to that. And then there's some code words we teach them, like, uh, do you guys play with single men? And and they'll be like, yeah. And so then they head on back to the playrooms. Right. <laughs> I like that. That's great. So you guys have people on staff that can, that can help facilitate that? Uh, we don't necessarily help facilitate hooking, you know, putting people together that have the same interests. No, but, not, not hooking um, them up, but helping if you see kind of a guy who's out of his element, like he'll, take them aside and talk to them or whatnot. Yes, absolutely. And uh, when we give somebody a tour, when our staff gives somebody a tour, you know, she'll go over how to, how to talk to introduce themselves to couples and talk to couples and what to look for. And some of the couples actually don't have to talk to, they might just be in the playrooms already and waiting for guys to come join in. So it, it could be as simple as that. Right. So, I, I'm, I mean, I obviously know the answer to this, but for a lot of people listening, it might be their first introduction to the whole idea of a swingers club or a lifestyle club. Um, you know, what can someone expect who has no idea about what's going on? They walk into one of these clubs, what's going on, what are the different rooms, um, and, and what's the vibe like? Yeah, so someone comes in for the first time, and uh, it's just like a regular nightclub, except it's full of people that have the same interest in mind and probably the same goals for the evening. So, um, you know, I found with uh, swingers clubs as opposed to regular nightclubs, uh, you don't have the troubles that you might have in a regular nightclub. Everyone's there because they're well, the couples are in love and and they're looking to have fun for that night. So when you first walk in, it's just a dance club. It's a great way to meet people at the bar or on the dance floor. And then uh, when you walk into the uh, into the back of the club in Dallas or upstairs in New Orleans, that's where you might find another lounge area to sit and talk to people and then different playrooms, uh, which are really beds uh, configured in different ways. Uh, one set of beds might have sheer curtains in between each of the mattresses so you can, you can see the shadows and hear the noises of the couple or people next to you. Uh, we have some private rooms in case people want some privacy because, you know, couples are nervous too. And then we have group rooms or voyeur rooms where people can watch from one-way glass what's going on inside those rooms. So there's a variety of different ways to fulfill fantasies, you know, back in the play areas. Got it. Okay. Um, so what – and you had the clubs before you met Jackie, is that correct? Yes. Uh, so I've had swingers clubs for 18 years now. Okay. And what inspired you guys to start OpenLove101.com? Well, the reason it was important to me was being new to the lifestyle, I realized how many questions there are, just the sensory overload of the whole environment. And I knew that, with, especially with being in Dallas, and this, it also happens in New Orleans, every time that we're open, we just have a pretty large group of new people coming in. And so you're right, you know, they don't know what to expect. They're walking into an environment that 
just, <laughs> they're going to be highly sensitive to it. They don't know what to ask. They don't know what to expect. And so I knew a site like this would be valuable, not only to people that are wanting to swing, but really it could pertain to anybody in a relationship or, or anyone that is, is getting involved in a relationship, no matter what the concept is. So that's why it was important to me to do it. And do you find that that most people that you guys work with, are they couples or are they singles that are looking to get into it? It, it really is both. Probably the majority um, is going to be couples. But I do have, uh, you know, a large following of singles, uh, men and women. And so it's it's really interesting to see the support group that we're able to provide for these people when they come in uh, to the club or when they're just trying to deal with how to go about doing it. Right. You know, just changing gears a little bit. One thing that I really look for when I'm, you know, inviting guests on the show is I love people that are working and making a living from, from their passion. And I mean, I'm, maybe I'm making assumption, but I'm assuming you guys are doing just that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think you guys have a lot of fun doing what you do, right? We do. You know, people, they think that because we own swingers clubs, we probably go there and have have sex all the time. And it's really not like that. And I mean, Of course, that'd be really enjoyable, but our business probably wouldn't thrive like it does. When we go to our clubs, we're really there to work and make sure they're running properly and provide the atmosphere that people need that's clean and friendly and good customer service so they'll come back. Uh, but Jackie and I play outside of the clubs. We play in our travels. We go on swingers cruises and swingers vacations and things like that. And then as far as the, the blog, it really is our lifestyle is a passion for us and to help, you know, through the clubs and the blog, educating people about it is really important to us. And, and we love it. And I think that's what, it's, you know, why we're doing as well as we are with the clubs and the blog. Right. And so what, when you guys, before you started all this, did you have, uh, you know, quote unquote, normal lives and how did you transition? Well, I mean, myself, I was in, I've been in the nightclub business a long time. So, I mean, that's a normal life. And uh, I consider the swingers clubs a normal life as well. For me, it's normal. Uh, Jackie, you know, she'll tell you she came from a completely different lifestyle, and so probably a little more abrupt for you. It, it was. I mean, I come from what I consider a very conservative, traditional household, and then through through my subsequent marriages, they, you know, appeared very traditional, and they were. And, you know, I was just in uh, a regular kind of nine-to-five job before John and I reconnected. And so then once we were together and this whole world was opened up to me, it just, I realized so many things about the way I was taught to view things growing up and then seeing it from a different angle which is what John brought to my attention through a more open relationship. It was, I was just astounded at how easily I embraced it and how natural it seemed to me. And because of that, it created just an energy and an excitement within me to want to share it, you know, with 
everybody I came in contact with, which is really, I, I found out later, kind of outside the norm, especially with the swingers, where they feel like they need to keep that somewhat secret. Yeah, and, and how did you guys deal with, you know, people who are judgmental, friends and family? Because you guys are very public and open about who you are and what you do, which I think is amazing. And how did you guys deal with some of those, you know, for back, for lack of a better word, you know, judgmental, you know, haters or whatever you want to call it? I think for me, I was really blessed because I have a, a very loving, understanding, extended family. So, you know, it it didn't even cross my mind when John and I were were first together to, you know, to tell my mother what John's business was and to tell everybody in my family including my adult children. It just it just wasn't even something that I thought about. I guess, you know, for me, if I love what I'm doing, or if I feel like what I'm doing works for me, then really in the long run, it doesn't really matter to me what someone else thinks about it. I mean, if if they agree with it, great. If they disagree with it, it you know, that's, that's their choice. My whole goal is to live my life in a way that if they see something that I'm doing and it in, is intriguing enough to them that they can come to me and ask and I can share with them. And uh, for me, over the years, in 2001, uh, outside of my swingers club in Tampa, I had uh, a group of picketers out there every night that were Christian picketers. And on this, one of the signs, it said, John Melfi is the devil. And I mean, they were, they were really, um, they weren't very nice people. But I would still go out there with, uh, it was in the wintertime with, you know, hot chocolate and cookies and offer them that. And uh, people would call and ask for directions. I said, just look for the picketers and turn into the drive there. And um, you know, they eventually gave up, and but I think that through living this life where, like in Jackie and I's relationship, it's about unconditional love. I mean, true unconditional love where when I see her enjoying herself with, with another man, uh, her excitement and her joy makes gives me pleasure as well. And and I I, I think I try and, well, I don't think, I, I try and carry that through every aspect of my life and, and try and be loving to other people as well, no matter what their beliefs are. That's great. That's hilarious. You tell them to go through the picketer line. <laughs> Probably pretty easy to find. <laughs> it was back uh, then, yeah. And that, that's no longer happening, I'm guessing? No. You know, the city really didn't want our club there, and so I ended up closing it, and I was in the process of opening the New Orleans club anyway, so I just moved on to that and bigger and better things. Right. Definitely more of a free-spirited city, I guess you could say. I've only spent a little bit of time in Tampa, but um, <laughs> never been in New Orleans. They allow swingers clubs there, so it's just, you know, I, I was one of the first that allowed people to have sex on the premise, so the pioneer, and, and I took the brunt of it, and now people are able to open them up there without any problem. Have you guys ever been to Club Joy in L.A.? Uh, no, but I know of it. Yeah, I went over the first time a few weeks ago. Um, and uh, based on what I've seen, you know, on your site, it's not quite as, as luxurious and and uh, built up. And it's in a really rough part of downtown L.A. But, you know, great crowd and cool people, obviously, which you'll usually find in lifestyle. 
Well, so, LA's been a tough place to open a club, so it's glad it's it's good. There's still one open there. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm curious. Do you? What do you guys find? I'm sure you meet a lot of couples and you guys coach a lot of couples and talk to the singles and, and what do you find to be the biggest challenge um, for a, you know, a lifestyle couple? Probably initially is just setting their guidelines or figuring out what they're comfortable with doing or not doing um, dealing with um, any issues that could arise, you know, including jealousy. I mean, you've got to remember, this is really opposite of how most of us are raised. Most of us are raised that you're only supposed to be with one other person. So to open it up, you know, as an adult, sometimes it's kind of hard to to figure out exactly how it works, how you go about it, because there's nothing in your in your files, I always say, for you to fall back on as an example. So you kind of are learning as you go. So there's a there's a learning curve. There's some, you know, I try to tell couples to really be patient with each other and just to continue to be loving and keep the lines of communication open. And, and if something doesn't feel right, then talk about it and make a joint decision on whether it's something you want to continue doing or if you want to try to work through whatever fear you're having to get to the other side and see if it's something real or not. Do you find that... I've met a few couples that have, you know, dealt with problems and whatnot, and a lot of the time I feel like maybe the problem stemmed from, like, the very beginning, like, one person was kind of dragged into it by the other, and he or she didn't really want to be there. They didn't, you know, they weren't like full bore about it. Do you guys see that happening? That does happen. Uh, You know, you see it occasionally in the club where someone was talked into or forced to come in and you might see them come in there for a couple of minutes and then run out the door to to realizing that it's not something that the one person doesn't really want. But for the most part, I think couples want it together. Well, and I think, you know, I think it's important to point out that that can happen in any type of a relationship where you're going to, you know, there's the possibility that you're going to have one partner in that relationship that wants to be appeasing. So they will maybe agree to something that they may not particularly want to do once they enter that arena. And so it's, you know, it's not just in a swinging environment that that can take place. That can take place in a monogamous relationship as well. I think what's important to point out to people is to know their boundaries and to be confident enough in the relationship that they have to be able to say, no, you know, that's just something that really doesn't interest me, at least not right now. Maybe we can touch on it again, you know, in a month. Right. No, that's great advice. What I want to change gears again and kind of talk about the business as well. Um, what do you feel like is the one thing? Well, two questions. So, what's the one thing that you guys feel like you, as a couple, that's been your key to your success? And I'll ask the same question for for your business as well. But in terms of like you guys as a couple, what's the? Do you have like if if you do have one key, what would it be? I think one key for our success is the fact that we 
do this together and we can show through our example one way to have a successful relationship. And doing the, the blogs and the videos, I think, is one way that we're able to show that in addition to being at the club together. You know, sometimes the best example is just living your life and letting others see that and, and pulling examples from that. And so I think that's one thing that John and I um, do almost unconsciously. It's just we have such a great relationship that uh, it just kind of spills over into to business also. Yeah, I mean, there's no way I feel like you know, especially it's so easy to feel someone's authenticity coming from their blog. And it's funny that I, I, I don't even know how I found your blog. I think I was up late one night and just Googling, you know, something related to lifestyle. And I, and I stumbled across your site, Open Love 101, and I watched some of the videos and I thought to myself, wow, these guys are so open, so cool. And they, they just explain everything really, really well. And out of coincidence, um, you know, one of my former clients and the guy who helps me do a lot of my website stuff and marketing asked me, we were just kind of catching up. We hadn't even talked in a long time. And he, he asked me if I had heard of you guys because he knew I was in the lifestyle. I was like, oh, yeah, they've got the club in New Orleans. And, um, and that was Carrie. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know. I find it, uh, I don't think it was a coincidence, but I... No, <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, so in terms of, I guess, a legacy, like what you guys are trying to leave, if, if you guys were to, you know, close up shop and, and never, you know, work on your blog again, would you feel happy with the legacy that you left? Absolutely. I, for me, and I, like I said earlier, you know, I've, I have six adult children in being able to show them that life is not this narrow view, that it can be very expansive and you can tailor, make your life to be whatever you want it to be emotionally physically, sexually, and so it's, that to me is what is so important, is just to be able to show people um, that they have options, to, to be able to pass that down to my children so that maybe they will be able to pass it down to their children so that they have a more open view of life. Now, you're asking if we shut down today, if I would feel like our legacy was fulfilled. And, I mean, I think what we've done over the years, you know, are some great things. But for me, ultimately, the goal would be to have our lifestyle more accepted. It's really difficult to open clubs. Just yesterday, I was trying to get a club open in another city, and they denied us our certificate of occupancy because of our, because uh, we're swingers. And uh, that gets up. Uh, that gets pretty frustrating. And that's another reason why we started this blog is because you can, you know, in, in, in some careers, people can lose their job if it's not if they've even been to a swingers club. And I would ultimately like to see that that change, that, that uh, 
you know, the, the way people are treated because, you know, because we're swingers, I think that needs to change at some point. And what do you guys have? Have you guys, you know, traveled abroad and experienced the lifestyle in Europe or, you know, other countries around the world? Yeah, I mean, in Europe, it's it's a free for all. I mean, there's there's plenty of clubs over there, and there uh, there there aren't any taboos associated with them like we have here in the United States. Yeah, I heard of one in the south of France. I think it's like a nudist resort slash lifestyle place. Um, any ones in particular that you guys enjoyed the most? Yeah, that one you're talking about is called Cap Dag. You know, it's a nudist, uh, actually a city. You can walk around uh, naked throughout the, you know, the grocery store, the bank or whatever. Um, ah, as far as clubs go, uh, one of my favorites is in France. It's called uh, La Chandelle. Uh, but there's plenty of them in Paris that are that are nice as well. There's another one in, in uh, Milano that I really enjoyed. So uh, there's quite a few of them that are really nice. And you find that it's just, way more accepted and open there than in the U.S. It is for sure. Yeah. And where do you guys want to go next with, you know, with your blog, with your club? Are you trying to, you know, expand? And and it sounds like you're trying to expand and open in other markets, but where do you see, um, where do you see that going? and, And what's your future goals with the blog? Well, the clubs, we I'm always looking at, at uh, markets to open clubs in. Like I said, it's, it's not that easy, so it just takes time to find the right location in a city that will allow it. Uh, the blog, it's really new, and we're taking baby steps to grow it. Um, I don't really know what the end game is there, but we're seeing a lot of growth today and, and really enjoying it. You guys... Um ever have people that, you know, came to the club after experiencing the blog or reading the blog and, you know, does that happen on a frequent basis? It does happen. Localized, but yeah. Uh, This weekend we were at at that swingers convention, like I had mentioned, and a couple had texted us after the convention. They had been to our Jealousy 101 seminar that we had there. And they told us how much it helped them and it gave them the courage and the knowledge to experience that they didn't get into specifics, but they said they had a great time and they didn't have any jealousy and they're really excited about being in this lifestyle. And that's the kind of positive feedback we get back from both our blog and our seminars. It's really, that makes it worthwhile and rewarding. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the best. <laughs> that's great. I love the, I love the name of that seminar too. What, jealousy 101? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's always been, you know, do you also find, I'm curious, um, you know, from the people I've met in the community, you know, a lot of people will kind of, they'll, they'll come in and they'll have these funky rules, um, you know, either like the guy can hook up with another girl, but, you know, the woman can't or, you know, they can have sex with other people, but they can't kiss. Just, you know, I, I've heard it all. I've heard all, every sort of crazy, you know, and I just laugh because, I mean, I don't laugh. I get it, right? Because I was there at one point. Um, but do you, you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts on on people who are not, you know, everyone I've met who's who's been doing it for a while are, you know, they're full swap, pretty much anything goes. Um we were hanging out. I was with a girlfriend of mine who, 
you know, I, I'm in lifestyle with and another couple, and we met another couple out at a bar in San Diego. And, um, you know, conversation happens. They find out we're in the lifestyle. We're asking them questions. They come back to the room and basically the deal was like, well, he's allowed to hook up with whoever he wants. He can have sex with the girls, but I can't have sex with the guys. So I'm curious, you know, if you guys encounter that a lot, I'm guessing you do and you're coaching and whatnot and any sort of thoughts or feedback or advice for people kind of going through that. Yeah, we do hear that a lot. And uh, we covered that in our, in our jealousy 101 seminar. It really comes down to fears. And I related uh, an analogy to those fears and, and what to do about them. I had read it on, uh, on another seminar that I'd seen back in the early 2000s. And this gentleman related that, those fears to a, a refrigerator that, that's broken. The freezer breaks, you come home, the ice is melted, your, your ice cream is all over the floor, and you, have, you clean up the mess, and then you have three things you can do about it. You can uh, have the refrigerator repaired, you can throw it out and buy a new one, or you can just make a rule, I'm not going to bring any more frozen food into the house, that way I don't have to worry about it. And that's what most swingers end up doing. They decide kissing makes, seeing you kiss another man makes me uncomfortable. So I don't want to feel that way anymore. So let's not do that. As opposed to trying to find out where that fear is coming from, where that jealousy, like the root of that jealousy is coming from. And that's what we really encourage the couples that we talk to to do is to, is to try and work through those fears, repair the, the freezer, just don't ignore it and strip it under the rug. Um, so definitely, I think we both, we see that quite a bit, don't we, Jackie? Yeah, we do. Right. I love that analogy. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, you see it too with people when they say, you know, the, the man may have a fear of his, of his wife being with another man because, you know, the guy is bigger than me. He's going to be better in bed than me. He's going to be better kisser than me. So no men. Um, other men, though, feel that way about women. They feel like if they let a woman into their relationship, that she's able to do things that I have no way of doing, so I don't want her to come in, because what if my wife ends up liking her better than men? Then I'm going to lose my wife. So all of these are based on the fear of loss, um, you know, the fear of something being better than me, and those are irrational fears. The reality is, like in Jackie and I's case, we love each other dearly. We're doing this to enhance our relationship, not to find someone else to run away from it. What we have is a, is a wonderful, beautiful thing. And, and by going out and being with other people, it just makes it that much better. Right. Yeah, I can, that, that's amazing. I love how you guys describe that. Because um, I come across that a lot, too. You know, people will ask me, like, well, are you just in it to find someone else or to find the next best thing? And, you know, I feel like this, it's all fear-based, and it's a very common question. So. You know, the way you guys describe it is great. I'm going to steal that from you if you don't mind. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> so, you know, we've talked a lot about you guys and your business and passing. Can you tell listeners specifically, you know, where they can go, find out more about what you guys do, your business and the services you offer? Sure. Our blog is uh, can be found at openlove101.com. 
And our clubs uh, are found at colletteclubs.com. That's C-O-L-E-T-T-E clubs.com. Awesome. They can go there and join your mailing list. And I think you guys have, yeah. you guys are mailing us, right? Sure. For both, for both the club and for the Open Love 101 blog. Awesome. And, and what's the next uh, market you're trying to go after for the next club? We've been trying to open in Houston for quite a while now, and uh, we keep running into roadblocks. So uh, there, I'd love to be out west someday. Uh, I'd love to open a club, you know, a, a club like Colette in uh, L.A. or Las Vegas. And then there's a couple other cities here in Texas, too, that are, you know, big metropolitan areas we should be able to open a club up in. So we're, we're sticking to home right now, Texas, and probably moving west. What about New York? We've looked there, and, uh, I mean, business-wise, rent's very high. So, you know, you look to pay $80,000 a month for a space where we can have a swingers club and we'd have to charge a lot of money for people to come in to pay that rent. Sure. Yeah, I know there's a big, uh, there's, there's a large community here, but um, I'm in New York at the moment. I'm, I split my time between LA and New York, but it's uh, <laughs> definitely a slightly different, you know, rent situation, that's for sure. Nothing's cheap yeah, in New York. Mostly house parties out there, I think, is what happens. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Well, awesome. Um, so guys, you know where to find them and John and Jackie, thank you so much for coming on and, and sharing your experience and all of your knowledge. I, I've got a lot out of just listening to you guys and I really appreciate your time. Well, thank you very, very much for having us. We enjoyed it. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks guys. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Have a good one. All right. You too. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.